0: is a furnished brothers production
1: ladies and gentlemen welcome to the talking buds podcast the talking buds podcast about the buds by the buds for the buds this is the talking buds podcast to episode 56 of the talking buds podcast our first full length episode since everyone is staying home social distance covid-19 shuts the season down the world is in lockdown except for you Ryan yep i um you know for personal reasons like some people are struggling with this quarantine thing and i could promise you right now with a little bit of this and time to sit and do whatever i want for 14 days if you know me well you know like, i'm down do you, you know i am what down for that but- Oh, yeah, PBR with- I loaded up on the PBRs, man. I just oh, cracked boy. one of my many Cottage Springs vodka soda peach. So much PBR in my garage, and I then I added some Canadian That's to the mix. You. Way to be prepared. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I'm ready to go. My guy So ready. The world is still pretty much on lockdown. Um, no return for the National Hockey League in sight. Um, it's going to be a while until we see some Leaf hockey, buddy. My, I fear the worst in that we may not see them again until next October. I know that there's been rumors bandied about, about potentially doing like a 2014 playoff. Um, but this thing's, this is going to be a long haul, man. Like, it's going to be a while until we come out the other end of this thing. And so, I don't know. I just, like I said, I worry that um, they might just cancel the rest of the season. Yeah, it's yeah. so possible. It's so possible. And, and are you going to come back and play with nobody in the stands? Like, what do you, you know, like, I, it's, it's a yeah. tough call. How long can you push it? You don't know how long no, it's going to last. And, like... Best case scenario, people are saying, like, end of April, early May. But even then, yeah. they'd still be playing What's without fans. Up? Yeah, and to me, that's a timeline that makes sense to start playing games again. You're, you're not too far gone at that point, but you got to make the decision. It's like, <laughs> do you want the fans in the stands or playing out the season? Do you need a cup winner? It's owners are involved if there's no one there buying buying the drinks paying for the tickets buying the food the t-shirts like what do they no, get I, out of it overdrive was actually having this discussion the other day and I'm totally on board with it if you're gonna play without fans it's time to look at maybe playing games in some different venues and start exploring like camera angles like on the glass, like that sort of like intimate camera experiences like taking you right into the game. Like you don't you don't need to play in the giant arenas if there's no fans there. Like why not play in like a smaller setting, light the rink a little differently? Like I love that. I love that idea. Like really gear it towards like an unreal TV viewing experience. All right, it's time to get in to this week's topic du jour. First and foremost, I want to thank everybody for your suggestions. We got a lot of great suggestions of things people would like to hear us discuss, and we've got nothing but time. So we're going to get to each one of your suggestions, because as we were saying earlier, we have no idea when hockey's coming back. So don't worry, we'll get to it. But I wanted to start with this, right? I wanted to do this one while... The 2019-2020 Toronto Maple Leafs were still fresh in everyone's head. You heard me say a lot this season that this was, in my opinion, other than maybe the Carlisle Horachuk season, this has been the craziest, most unpredictable, volatile, inconsistent Leaf year that I can ever remember, like by far. Yeah. Plus, plus, add on top the expectations. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like those sales, Carlisle teams weren't. You weren't expecting much from them, but when you get your core, all this ex- playoff experience and all this hype, and you got one of the best players in the league, that just adds to it. So, what we're gonna do here, Rye, is we are gonna go on a little journey. We are gonna go on a little retrospective, and we're gonna go through the timeline. Of the 2019-2020 Toronto Maple Leafs. Are you ready to go? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's ready to go. All right. Okay. Slamming. So, Ryan, let's get let's jump in the time machine and go right back to before camp started. The summer of 2019. Without a doubt, the biggest story all offseason was Mitch Marner's contract negotiations. Mitchie and his dad, Paul via Darren Dreger on Twitter took tons of abuse over the summer. Rumors were going around. The big rumor was that he wanted the same deal that Austin Matthews got and at the time, Ryan the fan base disagreed with this. And I, you go back and listen to our episode from then. It was it was heated at the time, buddy. Yeah, I I dude, the only problem with doing this episode is I'm probably going to contradict myself a lot from when my, like my first opinions of when these things happened. Two other main storylines heading into training camp was who will the next captain be? The top three candidates were rumored to be Austin Matthews, Morgan Riley, and John Tavares. Ryan, I seem to remember you just being over that seemingly endless debate. Yeah. Cause it wasn't just last season. It's been like three seasons. They, w- they were without a captain for like three years and it was just yeah. stupid. It- it's and almost it- like they, they wanted to not name a captain to avoid drama, but somehow built up way more drama doing that by waiting so long to name a captain. I know for a fact I was all behind the Morgan Riley pick. And I'm still behind the Morgan Riley pick, hindsight being twenty twenty. And the third big storyline heading into camp, there were other little ones like like at this point. By the time we got to camp, like the NASM Kadri trade for Tyson Berry and Kerfoot had kind of blown over, so it wasn't like a major story heading into camp. Like we were we we're anxious to see the new additions, but the third one, in my opinion, was if letting Mike Babcock return as head coach was the right decision, especially Ryan after there were rumors in the offseason about Dubis lobbying to Shanny that he wanted to fire Babs, and after yet another disappointing first-round exit at the hands of the Boston Bruins. Yep. And now, man, that's Mike. Deciding if Mike's going to come back. That seems like a absolute <laughs> lifetime ago. Right? Right? What? Well, you remember, man, we were all calling for his job. Do you not remember that after game seven last dude, year? We dude, were dude, like, first, okay, enough's enough. The first three months of this podcast this season was just a Rip Mike show. Oh, don't worry. We're going to talk about that, buddy. Good bro. So now we finally got there. We've got to Camp Ryan, and shortly after training camp opens... The Leafs and Mitch Marner agreed to a six-year $65.3 million contract with an average annual value of $10.9 million per season. A deal to this day, Ryan, I think we all feel is a little rich for Mitch. Yeah, what's your hindsight take on this? I I think it's based on the season he's had. Massive, massive, massive overpay, and I think this deal is what has really earned Kyle Dubis's reputation of just like ridiculously overpaying players, and giving Austin Matthews five years. Yes, like good job, bud. Yes, a hundred percent, killing it, killing yeah, right? it, right up there. So bud. like, so like. I totally get that like he had to do what he had to do. No, no. Dude, it's it looking back, like I'm not gonna let this time off make my mind forget about this season. Right now, if the season's still going, they're they're in a playoff spot. But man, this is a gross overpayment. Just disgusting oh, yeah, overpayment. There's not a lot of players in this league who are worth this much on your cap and taking this much off your cap to add to your, to other parts of your hockey team. It's a gross yep. overpayment. There's, there's like, no two ways about it.
0: I'm not going to sit
1: here and talk about how great of a passer he is. Yeah. He's a good passer. He's a good little hockey player. Gross overpayment. I'm sorry. Marner's current numbers are 16 goals and 51 assists. Yeah. Like he's having a good year. He's a point. He's a, he's more than a point per game hockey player, but, but like we want, we've watched them. All year, and you just you need more at everybody, and and it's hard. It's not so much the player; it's just like man, if you're if you're taking up that chunk, plus there's other guys on your team taking up that chunk. You, you better you better step up. You better be there, or else you're gonna be criticized. So, fast forward about a week and a half into camp, and. After months of speculation about him being named the next captain, news breaks that Austin Matthews has been charged with disorderly conduct stemming from an incident during the previous summer in which Austin and his friends, who were absolutely gooned at the time, (laughs) attempted to scare a security guard who worked at his condo building in Arizona (laughs) By attempting to enter her vehicle at 2 o'clock in the morning. But it gets better, folks. I know a lot of you probably haven't thought about this in a while. But remember, there's another level to this story. When the security guard got out of the car to confront Matthews and his friends, she stated that Matthews, quote, pulled his pants down, bent over, and grabbed his butt cheeks. So, Ryan, at this point, we're only butt cheeks. So at this point Ryan, we're only we're only like a week and a half into camp and you're finding out that your best player has been charged with disorderly conduct cuz him and his buddies sent it and then decided to mess with a female security guard <laughs> in one of the dumbest yeah, decisions one of the- dumbest things <laughs> i've ever seen in yeah. sports period yeah bro like this huh. this is a story like man you got to be looking back on this when you're like 30 and must be so embarrassed oh, i know i know what a garbage story like what are you I know. doing man I know. well like, it's just you know what and we talked what you about doing we've talked about, we've gone off about these kids and their maturity level. And it's like, the kid makes so much money and he thinks he's invisible and he made a dumb decision. Yeah, he thinks he's the goat. And all of a sudden you just, that's so brutal. It's the worst part too. Cause it was a woman, right? Yeah. Like if you were just like playing around with a guy security guard, like it, it, it's a little different. It's still not right, but th- this is not a great story to look back on. If you're right. him in the future, we're- like that's that, that what are you doing? bud? Ryan, my favorite part of this story is Kyle Dubas says the next day that he found out about the incident, just like the rest of us on Twitter. And I don't know if you remember, but he was, he was not happy. No, and nor should he. And, and if you got to be honest with any employer or whatever, your boss, it's better just to call straight up and be straight up honest with them the The best way to go about it the team has never come out and confirmed this but i think we can all like like assume that this effectively knocked matthews out of the running to become the next captain it's embarrassing it's an embarrassing story and i i I don't want to be like just automatic judgment on austin matthews like people have made lots of dumb decisions and done lots of horrible things. So I don't want to just pin them down just on this incident. But if you're just looking at the facts and what happened, it's really bad. Like, what do you like? you got to have a buddy out there with you? Like if you're that, if you're Austin Matthews and you're making a ton of money and you're a top guy in the NHL and you got a little bit of fame, you have to have a guy on your team who's who has your back to make sure you don't do stuff like that. Yep. Like well, Always like, hang out with that guy. Always have that guy in your back pocket because he'll save you and well, you'll avoid embarrassing stories like that. I was actually reading articles about this earlier today when I was prepping for the show. And one of his buddies did try and calm the security guard down. And while he was doing that, Matthews, who once again was absolutely gooned, decided to moon her. Yeah. Oh the charges would later be dropped in november and matthews would issue an apology so since then ryan nobody's really talked about this and everyone's forgotten about it yeah you forget about it but there's been a lot of athletic scandals like kobe Bryant had a scandal rest in peace uh ray lewis had a scandal yep like there's been a lot of scandals and and this one in hindsight isn't as bad as some other ones but this is a terrible story on your record. Like, oh, boy. Before we move on from training camp, Ryan, I'm about to blow your mind with this one. Let's not forget that Kyle Dubas brought in Michael Neuwirth on a PTO in an attempt to fix the backup goalie situation. Did you remember that that happened? Yeah, but I knew Neuwirth was a band-aid in the first place. And he- I, I'm i not going to lie. Like, I, I... Hutch came in the year before, played five games, and I can't remember which months, and he was okay. He was decent. I, I was all for Hutchie getting the, the we spot. We had not to go but up after Garrett Sparks. Oh, that was terrible. And and not it's not even Garrett. Like, just the past history of this team's backup goaltending has always been atrocious. So I, I was down for Hutchie getting the spot. And he did ultimately get the spot because Neuwerth's injury history got the better of him and he was released from his PTO. And coming out of training camp, Michael Hutchinson was your backup goalie behind Freddie. And I was on board, 100%. I was down. So that brings us to the first game of the season, Ryan, and at home against the Ottawa Senators and during playoff introductions, the Leafs announced their new captain, John Tavares, a decision that was met with a mostly positive response at the time. And I think, for the most part, people still are okay with JT being the captain. I never think about it, to be yeah, honest. It's where, not where, something that where keeps you me with up that? at night. Well, I mean, it's not something that keeps me up at night. Like, I've, I've called Johnny T's leadership out multiple times. But to me, it's like having the C on your jersey isn't going to, like, I don't know. Like... It's a, it's a letter sewed onto your Jersey. Like Jake yeah. Muzzin is a leader in that room. He doesn't have a letter on his Jersey. He just carries himself in such a way that he's looked at as a leader. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's, it's all meaningless, but Johnny struggling or not, you can't question the guy's character and you know, how hard he works. So like, it's a good choice. Like I can't, I can't say John Tavares, not a good choice to be a captain, just a good dude, good guy, good pro, good player, good pro. That's the best part about reviewing the season. You can just oh, bring that yeah. back. Oh, there's just a old few. jokes that. Oh yeah, we're just thrown into the wayside, and now they're just back. He was just not himself to start the season because Hyman was on the shelf. No, no, he was not right. Yeah, good family, Anyways, good pro. Right out of the gate. To start the season, the Leafs don't look right. They just shoot out in there. They're just inconsistent right off of the bat, Ryan. They pick up a few wins against the Sens and the Blue Jackets, but then suffer losses to the Blues. A 7-3 ass kicking at the hands of the Lightning, which I was in attendance for. Lovely. Then... Then they lose John Tavares for two weeks to a broken finger, and right away, Ryan, questions are being asked about Bab's job security and Dubas's decision to make My- Michael Hutchinson the backup goaltender. Ryan, this feels like a lifetime ago. A broken bingi. Remember that? Remember that when he was out for a couple weeks with a broken finger? Yeah, it's the whole beginning of the season. Like this is, it was a disaster it was a disaster it felt and like Ryan, a it gets nightmare, better, bro gets better buddy October 29th so we're not even a full month into the season yet okay October the 29th the Washington Capitals come to Scotiabank Arena and what happened earlier that day Rye Alex Ovechkin was asked to comment on this young leaf team do you remember this and it was just—it's actually—I respect Ovi for doing this. To be honest uh, with you, it's like I'm just gonna say how it is. I'm a goat. I'm probably the greatest goal scorer in the league. I'm gonna say what I want in the market where I dominate every time I come here. I, I res—that guy. That guy has the respect around the league to say something like this. The exact quote from Ovi Ryan was: "There's still a young group of guys. Hopefully, they're going to learn, but it's up to them how they want to do it." If they want to play for yourself or if they want to win a Stanley Cup, they'll have to play differently. Ryan, that quote right there perfectly sums up the 2019-2020 Toronto Maple Leafs. And he's not wrong. And he's a goat. And he's a top goal scorer. That quote would summarize the Leafs for the rest of the season. And he's not wrong because... He used to be one of those immature guys. He used to be one of the top players in the NHL who'd score 50, 60 Genos a year and dominate and look like a legend and be talked about. But every single year, they get dusted in the second round. Lose to the Penguins a bunch of times. Lose to the Habs that one year with Halak. Just a bunch of disappointing playoff runs. And then one year, he comes back. He's matured. He's still dominating. And he finds out that he needs to be a certain type of leader and play a certain type of way to get the job done, which is frustrating waiting for young guys who have all the talent in the world to figure that out. And if anybody could drop that quote on this hockey team, it is that guy right there. Yep. hundred percent. And I said it at the time, check the tape that I, Perfect guy to be making this comment, and he's bang on. And I still believe it to this day. And yeah. I think that that comment remains accurate, hundred percent for the Maple Leafs. They 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 never figured it out. They still have They're games where they go still out there. in that same range that he's talking about. Yep, a hundred percent They have not changed. Ryan Babs would later affirm Ovi's comments going on a classic Babcock style diatribe about team building and good pros and family men and steady on the rudder and whatever. And like, I'm not going to, I looked it up today. I'm not going to read you the whole thing, but I am going to read you my favorite quote from his diatribe. I, 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 I badly wanted to attempt that quote in that voice and I'm so happy you did it. Cause I, wanna, I I'm just so afraid. To, I'm so afraid to start doing it. It's gonna be so bad. I hate. I give it hate, a shot. I hate. You do a better Babs than me, so dude, give it I a hate shot. Bad impressions. Do it, give it a shot. If you I do it better do it. than me. Yeah. Do it a shot. Come on. You know one thing is, uh, it gets our attention and it hurts your feelings a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. See, you're way better at it than I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's just one of those Babcock quotes where you're just like, what? You're off your rocker, bro. Yeah, yeah, I know. You're know. You're a stubborn old man. Yeah, you are out to lunch. Yeah, you are just, you think your way is the best way and anyone else who thinks differently is a complete idiot. So the Toronto media now, their new favorite thing is to ask incoming superstars to give their take on the Maple Leafs. So a week later, the LA Kings come to town and Drew Doughty is asked to give his take. And he he gives a vague quote that, in my opinion, was totally blown out of proportion. And I, and I took it down here and I'm going to read it to you. He said, you need to count on every single guy in every situation. Even though you have a score like Ovechkin or something like that, when it comes to playoff time, you expect him to play defense. You expect him to block shots. You expect him to finish hits. And then... He, he There's a second comment to that that's just as vague, but it was completely blown out of proportion about, like, he's commenting on the Maple Leafs too, which leads to something we've talked about on this pod a million times about the media and how they just take off. any little crumb you give them and, just, and, and just, blast it into the stratosphere. Yeah, just put the Mentos in the Diet Coke. That's what they do. And let that explode. And and Drew likes to run his mouth every time he gets to a big market. And I have a lot of respect for the guy. Like a two-time cup champion. He was a goat in the Olympics. Guy's a horse, man. Guy's a legit workhorse. And I respect him. And sometimes when he runs his mouth, I don't always agree with him. But, man, when you got two rings and you're the top guy playing 30 a night, and you're making as much money as he is, and he's respected as he is around the league, You just added on to it. And it's embarrassing. Dude, it's embarrassing. embarrassing. These guys come to the Scotiabank Arena and are interviewed by the top hockey market, and they know. They know what the media's like. They know that their opinion's going to be posted and and people are going to talk about it. And they just take fire. And what happens? Does Maple Leaf go out there and respond? And be like, what What the hell, man? Let's go. Let's nope. dance. Nope. I have no, so much respect for Matthew Kachuk out in Calgary. If that guy heard that in Calgary, he'd be all over him. Yeah. Just, just all over him, pissing him off all night. And what do we do? We're do, we we we're waiting for our chance on the power play to get back at them. Like, that's embarrassing. Yeah. Ugh. All right. I'm going to keep us on. I'm keeping us on the uh the timeline here. We're riding this time machine. The Leafs continue their inconsistent ways. Michael Hutchinson is put on waivers for the first time this season, and the seat continues to get hotter and hotter for Babcock. This all comes to a head, Ryan. Saturday, November 16th, Hockey Night in Canada. Do you know the game I'm talking about? The Leafs, with Kazmir, Kaskasuo, and Net get their asses handed to them by the Pittsburgh Penguins, a classic quit on the coach game. We weren't together that night, Ryan, but you were you were at home watching and you were blowing up my phone that night and being like, it's over. They've just completely given up on him. Yeah. It it's it's weird. That's twice they've played the Penguins this year. I I'm sure we'll get to that later. But the first yep. time it, oh. it got it smoked. was so obvious, man. It was yep. so obvious what was going yep. on. We got on here every episode. We ripped them. Yep, we ripped them. Yeah, we ripped them for being stubborn. Ripped them for rolling four lines. Ripped them for not changing line combinations. Like being a bit of a dick. Yeah. Oh yeah, a bit. Like he, he, the guy's a bit of a dick. Like you know, like he may be a great coach, well respected, but at the end of the day, that's what he is. Well, Ryan, four days later, after yet another loss in Vegas, with a record of 9-10-4, they finally pulled the trigger and announced that they had relieved Mike Babcock of his duties and had promoted Marley's head coach, Sheldon Keefe, to the big club as the new HC. That was a move that had been rumored for a really long time, because Keefe and Dubas have been together forever. In cahoots. Where were you, Ryan? When you got the news that the Leafs had fired Mike Babcock. Where was I? Probably my work truck, to be honest with you. You we were at work. I, I was leaving work with you a probably, buddy of mine. You probably let me know. Yeah, I you was probably leaving sent work me the text. with a buddy of mine who who um, is also like a fellow diehard Leaf fan. And we were just like blown away that they actually did it. And we were so excited that we went and got a beer and wings. And talked about Babs getting fired, and then I came home and did a podcast with you. It's pretty, pretty good story, man. It's just so crazy that, like, that feels like forever ago. And and we could do a whole separate episode on Mike Babcock's journey with the Maple Leafs. That well, now there's an idea, yeah. Like that, that, that's I could get into that for forty five minutes easily. Yeah, for sure. But the writing was on the wall. We all knew and it sucked because when he got hired, we were all so excited, and you thought this was the guy who's coming here to, to turn things around, and he did in a lot of ways. He might be a a, a you know what sometimes, but he did change the culture. Around was, this hockey team. He came team. in and he, and he was right at the right time. Yeah. In all my years of following Toronto Sports Ryan, I never remember the shine coming off somebody like it did him. Like, you're right. Like, he came in. Like, I remember, fo- like, refreshing Twitter to check on the MLSE plane when they hired him and being, like, just like over the moon when they hired him. And then by the time, for me, I really started to turn on him. Um, during the first Boston series. That's when I was like, okay, enough's enough with you and your insistence on rolling four lines and never changing anything and your condescending comments. Like, I just, that's when I was really like, all right, like, we need to start looking at getting a more open-minded guy in here. And then there were the rumors forever that the players hated him. And, like, he went and visited Matthews in the offseason. And it was just, it was, it, it just didn't work. He couldn't, he couldn't. Work with the young kids. He just couldn't do it. Yeah, it's painfully obvious, and like it was a man. I still remember him getting hired, like it was yesterday. Yeah, oh, yeah. so pumped. Just be like, yep. this is the guy, and it, dude, no doubt he's cha- He changed the culture here into more of a winning culture. I know it's not cup contending, but. As soon as they got somewhat legit, they were in the playoffs every single year, and you expected them to be there. Yep, and that's what he brought. And I, so I just, after- I got so sick and tired of the comments, the press yep. conferences, and the just yep. shtick with the families and the. Well, you said in the hard work, lot. and it's just you ugh. said a lot on this podcast that you you would hate playing for him. Oh, I can't. I would hate it. Yeah. I don't, I, don't, so, I don't like the, the type where it's like, oh, I love him because he's such. He's so hard on us. I, I, some guys don't work under that system. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So, after they canned him, Ryan, like I said earlier, news started to come out about how the players couldn't stand him and some of his coaching methods. The biggest story after he was fired was that it was reported that during the 2016-2017 season he asked a rookie player who was later confirmed to be Mitch Marner to rank his teammates based on work ethic and he took a ton of heat from this in the media and Ryan he hasn't been heard from since he like that dude that is heat. yeah that That's dude a is garbage a, move that dude is laying low and is still laying low and he may come up again in the offseason when some coaches get fired but he when was the last time you heard the name Mike Babcock in the news? Since then, you haven't heard anything about him. Since yeah, and then you had other players, and that just started a whole, whole shtick that costed a bunch of coaches their jobs and other people their jobs. And at the end of the day, it's a garbage move. I would never do that to a player. Yeah, never in a million yeah, he years. Deserved, if I was a he coach. He deserved the heat that he took. That yeah, for that's sure. a garbage move. You don't do stuff like that, man. Like that. That. Try to out your own teammates. It's like you're not the cool guy if you're the coach. Like, come on. That's terrible. I didn't like that at all. That 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 got under my skin. Yep, it got under a lot of people's skin, buddy, but it didn't matter anymore, Ryan, because we were in the Sheldon Keefe era now. And his debut as head coach came on November twenty first in Arizona. A game in which a rejuvenated looking Leaf team won three one. And they would go on to win four of their next five under Sheldon Keefe. And remember, Tyson Berry got a goal and it was fixed. Tyson Berry was Cloud fixed. Cloud nine, baby. Yeah, Tyson Berry was fixed. We're back. We are back. New coach loves to do the cool things. To work on the skills and the drills and the play 50 and the puck music challenge and, and the music and the oh, yeah. between the legs behind the back sauce to your buddy across the ice top Ched has no problem. Just throwing his six defenseman in a blender all oh, yeah. game long. Yeah, He, yeah. he does blend just in those makes that, the fourth line. Like no one I've ever seen in my life. Makes the fourth Basically Freddie come the in and from, do the opposite of Mike Babcock. Oh yeah, Freddie the goat went from playing fourteen minutes a night to four. Yeah, just yeah. treating his fourth line like a fourth line. Yeah, that that was that was the whole thing. It's like basically come in, just do what Babcock did, do the opposite. And there was also a difference. I wanted I wanted uh, you to speak to this one. Th- there was also a difference in the way the team played. Like when Keith came in, there's. Emphasis on puck possession. Don't turn the puck over. vol curl back into your own end, like and the Babcock stretch pass, which drove you crazy. Yeah, the was stretch totally removed from the sucks, repertoire. But I'm gonna be hundred percent honest. The the whole possession pass it back d to d to d to d to d to d to, to, to give away is isn't working for me either. <laughs> Like that the, it's it's not a great strategy. Yeah, they need to come up with some sort of hybrid where sometimes yeah, it's, call, you do it's called have to dump like, the puck in and work hard to get the puck. That that's like they what don't it's have, called. Ryan, they, they the only guy who's willing to go do that is number Zach eleven. Kleinen. Yeah. Sticks. He's, the, he's the only one. Yeah. Like like you're gonna you're gonna dump it in and and Mitch Mitch Marner's gonna go get it caspery cap well, hey listen i take that back cap's been playing with an edge yeah yeah he he does throw games. the body a little so bit. i take that i take that back caspery cap mango's gonna go get it yeah dude no, like not, if, not to get too sidetracked here we'll get back to the timeline in a minute but can we all agree that we've probably seen mango play his last game as a leaf <laughs> like decided big deal yeah, yeah, just, well, he, not really a big deal. He's not an affordable contract, but talk about a guy who was just so hyped by so many people and just, like, I, I didn't even notice he was gone. I know. He was gone yeah. for so long. Yeah. But then Engvall like, was dominating and all these yeah. other guys stepping up when Keefe came in. Like, Engvall is better than Mango. Yeah. See a Mango. I, I just, dude, I gotta be honest, I can't stand this whole possession thing. If you want possession of the puck, when you lose it, you work twice as hard to get it back. That's how you win in this league, and that's how you right. get possession, not right. not curling back in your own zone and making 75 d to d passes before Ryan, you either get start, in the zone or give it away. I'm going to start oh. I'm going to start saying that we're going to add a sound effect to this show every single time that you say something that's going to piss the analytics community off. I bring it on. And, and I would just, I would hit that sound effect right now. Cause they, they, there are some people who believe in analytics that are cursing your name right now. After cool. That. Yeah, wow. Explain to me why the Leafs are so good this year. Explain to me why the Leafs are a cup contender. Please, yeah. please sit down in front of me. I don't Ryan. care. Ryan, their expected goals are through the roof. That's my favorite one. Expected goals. It's like, so goals that they might score. I don't understand. Baseball, I totally get it. There's a pitcher. There's a batter. There's a couple pitches the guy can throw, and he usually throws them in the zone, so the percentage of him throwing it on the outside corner with a slider is higher in an 0-2 count, blah, 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 blah. And hockey, there's 10 guys on the ice, Skating around at a hundred miles an hour with chasing after a little puck that is not controlled by anybody and is just rampant in a small area. If you are trying to dissect this sport analytically, you're wasting your time. It's it it, it, yeah. it. I'm on the Brian Burke train. I'm on the old school guy train. Like, come on, expected go. goals. What are we doing? all right back in the time machine so after the coaching change Ryan the Leafs would go on their longest run of sustained success all season going 15-4-1 under Keefe and making him the first Leafs coach to ever win 15 of his first 20 games Ryan do you remember that run it was around Christmas time yeah and it was they were back yeah they were back and they were they were like here we go they're back. They're they're, they're yep. back to a playoff team. They're back in contention. Yep. they they figured it out. The power play is rolling. The top guys are being thrown into a blender on different lines, being successful. Neilanders with Tavares, they're dominating. They move Marner's and Math Marner and Matthews, and all the Leaf fans are just so happy because their little dream the of Mitchie and Matthews playing together has come true. And it seemed like it was back on track. It's legit again. Two games I wanted to point out during that stretch were, was the epic 8-6 day game win over the Hurricanes just before Christmas on December 23rd. Do you remember that one? I missed that game. Yeah, and a 3 nothing win at home over the Islanders on Jan 4th, a game that Michael Hutchinson got a shutout, Ryan. He was back. Everything was fixed. Everything was fixed, Everything and was it was good. also at this time that Matthews, Freddie, and Mitchie were named All Stars, legends. But then, yeah, crazy. Th- Honestly, that even even just dissecting that period of time in this season is is weird too.
0: Because yep,
1: I know, dude, this is the weirdest. This is why I wanted to do this episode. This season is insane. They've just been up and down and up and down and up and down. And there's been so many extracurricular things that have gone on. Like it's been, it's been crazy. Cause it's like, I just told you that, like, they got named All-Stars. And then heading into the All-Star break, Ryan. Do you remember this? So this was the night to refresh your memory, because you know I'm a Green Bay Packer fan. So this was the same night that the Packers were playing the Seahawks in the NFC divisional round, and the Leafs were in Florida, and they got Dummied 8-4 by the Panthers. you remember that? Garbage. And then the following Saturday, they got embarrassed at home by the Blackhawks. One of the worst losses of the season, in my opinion. Terrible. Yeah, and it was around that time that they lost Morgan Riley to a broken foot. Which is, like, it's so weird when guys... Who make such a huge impact on our team get injured and they're gone for a long period of time. Morgan Riley getting injured, like this guy is literally your best defenseman by a mile. It's not even close. And as we're about to get into the next part of the season, he was gone for a long time. He was, man. He was gone for a really long time. And and the record without him, I don't have it on hand because I did not, it's mediocre. It's yep. not good. It's not playoff contention. It's not Stanley Cup contention. Yep. It's no good. Nope. Losing a guy who plays twenty five a night, or could play twenty five a night, or could play thirty a night. And and you're out there watching Justin Hole play twenty five. <laughs> like Dermot. 22. Dermot just becomes a top two guy after uh, Riley goes out with an injury. Man, I feel I feel bad for Dermot a bit. Yep. It's just, just a position, like, just a not an unfair position. It was around this time, too, that Sandin got the call and was back in there full time, and they started experimenting with Lilligren, and, like, it's just, they just didn't have enough talent slash experience on the back end. They come out of the All-Star break, right? and what is the word to describe their play out of the All-Star break? It starts with an I. in consistent that's right inconsistent on February third another game that I was in attendance for Ryan they're battling against the Florida Panthers a team that we is well documented they've been in a playoff race with all season they blow a two goal lead and Freddie Anderson leaves the game with a neck injury great that was like a month and a bit ago and even that feels like a really long time ago yeah that that Anytime Freddie's going down or anytime your top goaltender on any team in this league is going down is a serious issue. Oh, yeah. It's a problem, buddy. It's a problem. Big time issue. Two days later, they go to Madison Square Garden, and we're talking going into that game about Hutchinson's going to have to carry the mail, and he doesn't, and they lose 5-3. And do you remember what happened after that game, Ryan? Enlighten me you and I are on the air doing a podcast and news breaks that Kyle Dubas has acquired Jack Campbell and Kyle Clifford from the LA Kings in exchange for Trevor Moore and a conditional third round pick Jack Campbell, the backup goaltending upgrade that this team sorely needed. And they finally got him and Clifford who added some, the magic word that everyone loves to say, grit, to this Maple Leafs roster. Sandpaper, sandpaper, truculence. Truculence would say, yeah, yeah. some toughness. Campbell, com- Campbell comes in and they go three and three after acquiring him. I thought he played unreal. Right? Uh, I, yeah, he. he... Uh, regardless of the record, I thought I felt extremely comfortable with him in the net, and I thought he played phenomenal. For the chance he had. He didn't come in an easy situation. Coming in here as a backup goalie. And while the main goalie's hurt, you're coming in as a bit of a savior for the backup position. And for that time, the starting position to play as well as he played. I was so impressed with the guy. And I still am impressed to this day. I think he was phenomenal. God, just seems like the ultimate teammate. Beauty. Just a guy you could sit with and just talk about anything. Seems like a beauty. After that, bud, we would go into a back to back, and we come to the second Pittsburgh Penguins game in Pittsburgh, where they get dummied. What was worse was the second Dude, one. This worse? was the worst game of the season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, this is the one before was a little too far away for me to remember, but and, I and remember the one before texting you, you, you. The one before you have the, um, the excuse of Kaskasuo in the net and the team just being over Babcock. Yeah, like this. This I remember texting you, legit this is the worst actually no i'm sure we'll get i'm sure i'm sure we'll 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 get careful careful yeah careful i'm I'm sure we're gonna get there careful this is the second worst game of the season yeah it's down
0: Oh yeah. yeah, but
1: remember they came back the couple days later at home and won four nothing, and and we were talking about how hard they worked. Yeah, so so they they kind of made up for it, which is stepping back to the inconsistency. But the this game, I remember just there's been a couple of games this year where sometimes I watch and I'm quiet and you don't you don't hear much from me. And then some other games where they're getting just ripped, like this game. I'm just lighting up your phone, being like, this is garbage. This is <laughs> awful. What are they uh, doing? Like, this is terrible. Well, do, and then they, like I said, they come back, they win 4 nothing, and we're all being like, yay, a full 60 minute effort. Oh, they've, they've worked hard. They've four checked, They've, the shift. Uh-huh. they've, they've worked the hard. Sh- Embarrassing. <sighs> Ryan time has come Saturday February 22nd that was the day that I had to spend the day with my fiance saying goodbye to my father-in-law and it was a really tough day and I was like you know what good news is is tonight we'll just go somewhere we'll sit we'll have a couple drinks watch the Leaf game little did I know that I was about to watch what some consider, myself included, as the darkest moment in Toronto Maple Leaf history. Emergency backup goalie, 42 year old Zamboni driver, David Ayers, comes in for the Carolina Hurricanes, who completely outworked the Leafs on route to a 6-3 victory on hockey night in Canada. And Ryan, we, you know what? When we first did a podcast after this happened, cause we, we do one a week, right? So, we don't like. By the time we got on and did the show, this this had passed a couple of days, so we didn't actually like go into this because we'd just been beaten down by it, just like everyone else. This, in my opinion, was the lowest I've ever felt as a Maple Leaf fan in all my years watching. Dude, this was the worst game in the history of the franchise. Like this. I I can never remember like let me re- let me say that again I can never forget the how I felt watching that they were awful yeah awful like beyond awful no effort no legs no, no jam no hard work at all just terrible This guy comes in and I'm just watching the game being like, I can't believe that Jim Houston and Craig Simpson are going to have to analyze this guy's goaltending play. And as a couple of the goals they scored. I know, and you're just like Yeah. And you're worried. You're like, I feel awful for this guy. The Hurricanes are working so hard. They've played so well. They deserve to be ahead. He comes in. He kept he he lets in a couple cheap goals off the bat. And I just I'm like, ah, let's. I'm almost feeling awful for him. Like, I don't want it to happen like this. But then, then the third period starts. And within five minutes, I my mind completely changed. I'm like, I cannot believe the Leafs are putting in this effort against this guy. They didn't sniff the net for a period. And I almost became a Carolina Hurricanes fan that night because... A team that can work that hard under circumstances like that is a team that you want to cheer for and a team that you respect. That was easily the worst game in Toronto Maple Leaf history of all time. Hands down. No doubt about it. Yeah, Garbage. And I don't want to be totally negative on this episode, but anybody who remembers this, and it was nice that this guy got his 15 minutes and it was a good story. And they were kind of, they were kind of in a bad situation. If, if they went out and dominated, it's like, okay, well they have their, their, their goalie who drives the Zamboni who let in all the goals. And if they lose, then they're awful. They're brutal and they can't beat a Zamboni driver. So they were kind of in a, in a, in a bad place. But if you really remember watching that game, the effort level was was like they might as well just not have gone out for the third period. They might as well just stayed in the room. I have written here in my notes this caused Leaf Nation to hit their lowest low I've ever seen. That was ugly, day- man. Yep. Yeah. Two days after the embarrassing loss to David Ayers, they announced that they had signed Jake Muzzin to a four-year contract extension with an average annual value. Average annual value, excuse me, of $5.625 million, Ryan. Steady on the rudder guy in the back to quote Babs. I like it. I think you're going to regret it in two years, but okay. In typical league fashion, Ryan, following the embarrassing loss to David Ayers, they rattle off three wins. Over Tampa, Florida, and Vancouver, Van- Marty Marinsen being the, uh getting the game winner against the Vancouver Canucks, and then the Florida win was what I thought one of their best of the season. I thought they were fantastic in that game. So we're about to go out west, Ryan. In a prime position, you're playing three of the worst teams in the league, and you got a chance to bury the Florida Panthers and cement yourself in a playoff position. And what happened, Ryan? One... Two, three, bye-bye, three yep. losses to the three worst teams in the Western Conference all on a little beautiful California road trip. One Thanks, boys, inconsistency, points. slam dunk again. Yep, one of six possible points. Garbage. Yeah, that was that was another low in the season for me. It was just like you guys it's just it was just another moment where it was like reiterated like you guys just don't get it. Like you had a chance to just bury your Whoa. your the Florida Panthers, the team you've been battling with all year, and you just against three teams that you could like on paper, you should win those games. And like and, and again, Ryan, we're talking about effort. Like that's That is the main thing. Embarrassing. Yeah, the the main thing, and it harkens back to Ovi's comments earlier that the young nucleus of this team just wants to win games based on their God-given ability and hasn't figured out that when you get to this league and when you're at this level, it takes more than just God-given ability. And that's something that Ovi had to learn, and that's something that all these guys are gonna have to learn. Hundred percent, and it could be next year, it could be the year after that. We don't know. But if you're talking about effort, that it is, it's terrible. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed, type of stuff. Like, what what are we doing here? You can't you can't work hard on the floor check. You can't cover your guy in the D zone. That's yeah. easy stuff. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah. What's hard is is. Is scoring goals yeah, covering your man and working hard that that is the easiest part of the game they're the other way around and it's I don't get it so they return from the road trip reactivate Morgan Riley who as you said earlier was out for a really long time pick up a 2-1 win over the Lightning which we talked about two episodes ago now they're all set to face the Predators and then the Bruins on Hockey Night in Canada Ryan and then that's when it happened buddy The NHL, along with the NBA and Major League Baseball, all put their seasons on hold due to the COVID-19 pandemic, and here, here we are, so... Think about that. Think about everything we just talked about. Think about the um, the roller coaster ride of things that went on this season, from the Marner contract negotiations to the Matthews being charged, to starting the season and not meeting expectations, and everyone's all over Babcock and all the drama about Hutchinson to firing Babcock to bringing in Keith to going on a nice little run to coming back down to earth and being the inconsistent team they've been since the get go to making the deal with. LA to bring in Jack Campbell and continue to be inconsistent and battle with Florida all season long. And then it's just like, boom, done season stopped. Yeah. So, and weird, man. here we are, right? Isn't it like what, what a journey yeah. these last few months have been. I know and we just we just went through a lot of stuff, man, and it feels like we could have gone for five hours if we really got in depth. Yeah, like we got to condense this puppy down. Yeah, people like, like people it, it almost seemed like too fast, but we're we're hitting like an hour here, and it's yeah. it's it seems like it was fast and a lot of stuff happened. And it's just it's just see you later. It's gone. I know, it's, and it's, it's weird. And like we we're talking about earlier, it's like we don't know if they're gonna come back, man. Like we just it's. It'll be a shame, dude, because, like, you look at like, you look at Matthew's numbers right now, man. Like, 47 goals, 33 assists. Like, the dude's three away from 50. And it's like, that'll suck. That'll suck if he can't get 50. What is your – before I say this, I just want to – I feel like I've been too much on the negative train, and it's been hard because it, if you're as inconsistent as this team has been all year – It's hard to stay on the positive train and and year after year after year after year of being a fan of this hockey team. They just beat you down, man. They beat you down. And I I feel like I've been negative this episode. So I want to switch it over and ask you right now, what is your top three positive stories of this season? Uh, Well, first and foremost, Matthew's numbers, Um, we've gotten on Matthew's for how he plays from a shift to shift basis, but his numbers are there. And he's, he has the numbers to back up the fact that he's an elite player in this league. And so there's that. Um The second one for me is William Nylander. I think that William Nylander has had a much, much better season. And I think he's someone who's really flourished under Sheldon Keefe. Like he's sitting at 31 goals, 28 assists right now. And it's like, I think he's been he's been great. And to me we talked about this 2 episodes ago or maybe 3 episodes ago, I can't remember. They all blend together. But about we know that this team's the after the season they've had and at, the way they play You're not going to be able to compete with the Bostons and the Washingtons and the Pittsburghs and the St. Louis's of the world unless you make a dramatic change to the DNA of the team. And I said it and I stand by it that you're going to have to remove a key piece and trading away a Kapanen or a Mango is not going to do anything like no offense to those guys. So Mitch Marner is my pick to be the one that you trade for a multitude oh of reasons. Here you go, right and here. Look part at this of that, take. Part of that is because I think, not the whole reason, but part of the reason is because I think William Nylander has proved this year that under the right coach, in the right system, he can be the player we all thought he was going to be. And it's $6.9 million. That's not an overpay. So I said it before, and I and I'll say it again. If you're going to change the DNA of this team, my pick is Mitch Marner one you move number three for me what's number three see how hard it is to find positive uh they've been an exciting team it's been an interesting year it hasn't been a year where you've been like just like the last couple years and you could argue maybe it's better but like the last couple years they were in a playoff spot by this time so you just kind of coasted into the postseason and these games have mattered and that's been exciting And I would also say that, like, um, bringing in Jack Campbell, making the deal to bring in Jack Campbell and Kyle Clifford. Those were two additions. And the Kyle Clifford one, to me specifically, because that was Dubis finally signaling that, like, okay, there's an element here that my team's missing, and so I'm going to add this player to try and inject some toughness into this team. So your turn. What are your top three positive storylines of the season? All All right, number one. And you might want to open your ears for this and really pay attention. And everybody else who listens to this podcast needs to stop what they're doing right now, okay, and pay attention to what I'm saying. This is big. It's a big one. Okay, Okay. number one, William Nylander season. Oh my God! Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. Yep, you're there. I'm there. If you really look back on this season, the biggest positive is how that guy's played since Sheldon Keefe took over. Like, just night and day, bro. Like, he was garbage last year, man. And the the whole contract thing, I'm over it. But he was terrible. And then the the years before that, he's just – he was pretty good. He was okay. But this year, he's just blowing it out of the water. He's completely different. He's dangerous. He's possessing the puck more. He's not going so much Kessel at the hash mark, turning back, making a lame pass in the O zone. So he is my number one story. Number two, Austin Matthews production. He's not McDavid. He's not some other players in the league who bring you other levels of their game in the D zone. But when it comes to just at the end of the day, the hardest thing to do in this league is to score individual goals, and the guy's killing it, man. Like just having a top year, plus him not getting injured, is another thing for me. Like that, that, that's big. Yeah, I, I know the season big. stopped, but up to that point, he did, He wasn't injured. Took some hits. His shoulder didn't didn't break on him, or hurt him. His body didn't let him down. He's been there all year. And number three, it's been because of the cap crunch that has been created for this hockey team, just seeing guys like Engvall and Sandine and Lilligrin and a new guy like Mikheyev and even Jason Spezza making a minimum in the bottom oh, that six. That was one thing that I, I knew I was missing something. That Ilya Mikheyev injury, that was one thing I was missing, in the timeline, I was looking at this today, and I'm like, I'm missing something. That Elia McKay of injury. Oh, there's a lot of stuff that's happened this season. Yeah, yeah, And we only got so much time to fill in an episode. The Soup Man. Yeah, you love him. Yeah, he's a beauty. I know. I'm yeah, sad he, he, he hasn't has had the chance to get back. But that that's, I, I like in a cap crunch. Like obviously, I'd like for for them to be still stacked and and have a ton of talent and a bunch of veterans who are on good deals or, and have a bunch of young guys who are still on entry level, but there's nothing like a cap crunch to really see what you have in your organization and in your farm system. And that, that's something I've enjoyed personally this year, seeing all those guys get their shots, see where they're at. It's almost unfair that they're put in that position, but when you're at a cap crunch, you gotta do what you gotta do. So that's my number three. I would I would agree on the third one. I you're you're absolutely right. Like I've enjoyed watching some of these new young. My God, how's my how's my ability to uh, string a sentence together right now? Well, for those listening, it's the we're recording this pretty late. Yeah, we are recording this. So pretty we're late. we're two tired, young men, at this point. Yes, we are. We are. Mistakes are going to happen. What I was trying to say there was watching these young rookies come into the lineup and produce and play well has been very, very exciting to watch. And it's, you feel good about the future with those guys. Yeah. And it makes you realize you can grab guys in any round or from free agency or from. International signings, and you can plug in holes for for cheap deals. Would you like to be and Morgan Riley? Have a chance? How'd you like to be Morgan, Morgan Riley? Riley? You miss you miss essentially two months. You come back, you play one game, and then they shut the season down. Well, I think I think everybody who knows Morgan Riley's a winner right now. For one reason only. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's choice and girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're a big fan of Tessa Virtue. Ooh. Come on. Yeah. That's a Canadian crush slam dunk. Yes, yes. Come on. Is. That's a yes, power couple. Yes, that is a what Canadian couple. What are we doing here? Yes, that is a Canadian legit. Power couple. legit. Yeah. a boy, Morgan. Absolutely. Atta boy, Morgan. Should have been the captain to- right Cheers there. to Morgan. Yeah. That's off to Morgan. Should have been the captain. Yeah. Just for no, that alone. Yep. Yeah. Good for you. All right, Ry, we're uh we're over an hour here now, buddy. Well over an hour. Yeah. What a what a what tired. a journey. Yeah, I'm gonna have no problem getting to sleep tonight after reliving all that. I know, and it seemed like it went by too fast, but it's hard to cover a whole season in in less than ten hours. Yeah, it is. It's crazy, especially this season, which has been a nut house. It has been. It's it's just been like I, I was making jackets. notes. I was making notes on all this today and g- listening to parts of old episodes and, um, looking at our Instagram and all kinds of stuff. And I'm just like, oh my god! Like all this stuff has happened in one year. It's crazy. And it, it, it won't it's even, not even over It's not even over. I know. It's not even done. Weirdest weirdest season of all time. It's the weirdest season in any sport. Period. Yeah. The weirdest season of life. 100% of human beings on this earth. Yeah, 100%. I um I just want to ask everybody again, keep your suggestions coming. Like there there is no such thing as a bad idea. We want to hear it. Let us know whatever you think is interesting. We'll touch on it. We maybe we'll do a show where we do f- talk about five different topics and do like 10 minutes on each one or something like that. Like we're open to any suggestions like this is we're we're creating content here. Ryan open book. Yeah, we're creating bored content. at home. We got an hour and a bit for you for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're sitting at home wondering what to do. Play some, play some do. Cod, oh, play some oh, yeah. Shell, play some Madden, play some oh, yeah. whatever and throw us on your headset. Let's go. Oh, yeah. You're Relive sitting there the season. in the quarantine and you just washed your hands and now you're like, what do I do? you know what you do you fire up episode 56 of the talking buds podcast and you learn about inconsistency inconsistency. firsthand where we are going to help you relive something you may not want to necessarily relive but we're going to do it anyway yeah because sometimes you go on your app your podcast app and you're bored And you see that all the shows you listen to, you've listened to all the good episodes and all the new episodes. And then our show pops up, and we got a brand new episode, and it's long, and it's for you, and it's for you to enjoy while you do whatever you want to do. Whether if you're still working like me, who's still going out building decks and all this crap. And Ryan, we are on Spotify Hundred percent. That's go to Spotify. Is, you have to. Yeah. What were they doing? We that tried forever, the, man. Yeah. That was that was what was going that was long on. Long overdue. I don't know. Just I don't know. Just it just cutting off half the audience with that. You one. and I. Yeah. You and I just sitting here putting out shows like a couple of idiots not putting it on Spotify. Yeah, cuz Spotify doesn't do well at all. Nobody has no. Spotify. No. no. Nobody just, just exclusively uses Spotify, eh? We're just like hey. dummies. You know this massive platform where people like to get all their content? Let's not put our show on that. Yeah. Let's just let's just let's just cut out half the population right there. You yeah. can only go to Apple or YouTube or or Tune Stitcher in. or TuneIn or wherever else our podcast is put on. I go on Google, I type in our name sometimes, and I'm like, what the what is this site? They're posted to our podcast. I don't know what the site is. Yeah, well. We didn't sign you know. up for that. But when now we're know. on Spotify. Yep. So you got no excuse, man. No excuses. Zero excuse. No excuses. And no reason why you cannot hit the subscribe or follow button and leave a review. Please and thank you. Yeah, that that'd be that'd be pretty unreal. And all all my buddies who've left a review and all your oh, buddies yeah. and all you. the legends listeners Each that we haven't met before but we appreciate so much that you hit that. You yep. even if you just listen every week. We yep. die for the review. We need the yep. five-star review. We need the comment, yep. but yeah, honestly, if you just listen every single week and enjoy this podcast, that is enough for me. Legends. All of you. All right, buddy. I think we've uh, overstayed our welcome for this week. So we're going to sign off and we'll be back next week with a brand new Maple Leaf related topic for you. Thank you everyone for going on this time machine journey with us. We will see you next
0: week.